the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Guerrilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode 406. I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Brett Roberts. Welcome along, Brett. Thank you. Always good, good to be here. Good to have you on the show. It's good to be here. Thoroughly enjoy it. Now, maybe you can remind uh, listeners where you fit into this big, wide world of uh, tech in, in New Zealand. Yeah, I've been in the um, tech game for many years now, ex-Microsoft New Zealand, done a few interesting things in between, and right now I work for Datacom. I'm an associate director there, but all opinions stated in this program are mine and not those of my employer. Oh, very official, very yeah, official. Not bad, eh? Let there be no confusion about that <laughs> one, eh? Um, well, let's jump in. Look, lots of, lots of interesting things going on. Uh I want to talk about smartphones to start with because there was quite a big announcement uh, in the last few days about yep. smartphones and, and, and watches. And, you know, Apple come around with these sort of once a year, so we want to dive into that. But before we talk about um, Apple, I wanted to talk about one of the, the Chinese brands. Um, and, you know, there are now a number that are, um, you know, making an effort in the New Zealand, uh, in the New Zealand market. And... Uh, in, in Auckland on Wednesday, there's going to be a launch for Oppo's new phone, which is called the Find X. And this fascinated me, I mean, because, look, we're getting so many phones all the time. Um, listeners will be familiar with me talking about phones. Oh, they all look good, and they and they do. They generally all look pretty good these days. Some of them, you know, Gooder than others. Show up, show up the <laughs> fingerprints a bit more. Yeah, yeah, Some of yeah. them are more expensive. Some of them are cheaper. Uh, you know, they, they, they've all got their varying uh, pro, pros and cons. Um, but the Oppo Find X, which which uh, I think becomes available in the stores in New Zealand next week, was one uh, announced you know, in, internationally. I don't know, at least a, a month or, or so back. Um, but it arrived here with with me either having forgotten what I'd initially read about it or. Uh, you know, not really recognizing what I had. So, you know, I looked at this phone, I fired it up, and um, what I what I noticed is that the whole screen is, you know, the whole front of it is screen. There's uh, there's there's nowhere for the camera, and it's no notch. And at the back, I couldn't see a camera either. So no no visible fingerprint reader and so on. And uh, anyway, I I went through the setup process, and um, you know some some people will uh, will laugh at me for this, but I went through the setup process, and um, I, can't, I actually I can't. Hmm, I, I'm starting to think I should be laughing at myself. I'm trying to work out how this happened. Anyway, I got I must have got to the got to the point of setting up the uh, facial recognition, but this is without a camera being on the front, and maybe didn't think anything <laughs> of it. I must have been looking into the middle of the screen. But what happens with this phone is when you when you use the facial recognition or anything that uses camera, um, the top of the phone extends a little bit where there's a camera, you know, pointing in each direction, basically. Um, but That's I missed cool. I missed it the first yeah. time it actually happened. Oh, didn't actually see it. I, d- I didn't actually <laughs> notice because I was sort of look- looking at, you know, maybe I was looking at the middle of the screen and and then, you know, afterwards I was like, but where's the How camera? I, I can't get my head around this. So, uh, um, but anyway, so it eventually. I had I have figured it out. Uh, but, um, you know, it stands out as, as the only uh, the only phone that I've, you know, I've seen that has no notch, but it has, you know, basically the whole front of the phone, uh, you know, is, is screen, uh, you know, other than a sort of a, you know, a thin curved bezel yeah. right around it. Uh, quite a quite a nice phone. Um, you know, over, overall, I have only spent a, a, a few days with it. They're doing a sort of a media and, and you know, VIP uh, type un, unveiling um now I'm trying to remember where it is. I think it's the Lamborghini showroom or uh, Ferrari. One of one 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 of those one of those places uh, we frequent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah one yeah. of those places we 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 hang out on uh, weeknights. <laughs> we've got nothing else to do. Um, so they're you know they're putting on a, a pretty fancy launch. Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess it's it's something that in terms of creating a bit of attention for their brand. It's certainly, you know, a phone like this that sort of stands out to everything else in the market uh, and then doing a, a fancy launch like that will, uh, you know, no no doubt help them get a little bit of a attention. But it, it's kind of hard when there's so much noise around the uh, 
the biggest brands, the Apples yeah, and, the, and, the, and the Samsungs, and they're, they're so well recognised for uh, you know for other brands to get that attention. Yeah. Uh, that said, you know Huawei have been working away at it for a number of years, yeah, and it, it was only you know not that many years ago uh, that that was not a brand we ever talked about on on this podcast, and that really anybody talked about. Yeah, Actually, within within the, within the media world, five right? years, three years. Yep, yeah, certainly five years yeah. ago. I mean, most yep. people would have never heard of the brand at all. And then you know, when when I was with them in uh, in China last year, we we you know, we recorded an episode there after after having been uh, you know um, you know told all their stats and numbers and showed their graphs of how amazing they were. And you know, myself and a couple of others had a discussion around: Well, will Huawei become the number one smartphone uh, brand in the world? And at that stage, they were three or, or four, maybe. They were, um, but you know, but since that time. They're, they've moved above Apple in terms of uh, uh, unit sales. I think is, is possibly the metric that that, that we're, we're looking at. Uh, and you know, there's that feeling. Well, you know, maybe they will. Uh, uh, they'll be displacing Samsung at some stage over the next uh, you know twelve to eighteen months. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and and then so you've got Oppo who you know haven't haven't had uh, the same sort of you know level of attention, and you know they've only really been. Um, you know, formally here in the market for a you know, much shorter shorter period of time, uh, but look, you know, they're, they're doing similar sorts of things in terms of trying to create a a, a bit of attention for themselves. It's pretty cool. Who um, does the facial recognition software? Is that built into the OS, or is that an add-on that is sending your data back to some insecure server that they're printing passport photos from, or something? I could say this is it's all run <laughs> by the Chinese government, Brett. Uh, <laughs> I, I I'm sure that it must happen all you know all inside the phone as these things yep. do with biometric data because you know people would freak out really quickly if your biometric data was sort of flying around the internet. Well, there there would be somebody that would figure it out yeah, and, and alert that's everyone. True. So um, so uh, yeah, reasonably relaxed about that. I, I you know I've got to say um, you know my confidence around facial recognition has been. Um, Especially after some of the things we saw in early facial recognition, where you could fake them with a, yeah. you know, basically a, a printout of, you know, a bit of paper with somebody's face <laughs> on it and so on, um, has been sort of Apple's, you know, approach that's that's, you know, definitely making sure it's got a, you know, live three D person in, in front of it. Although I think even that's probably been cracked um, now. So I don't, I don't, you know, if I've got some uh, something important, then I wouldn't sort of put it behind a, a facial recognition lock yeah. screen generally. Um, um, if I was uh, enamoured enough with the with the Oppo Find, Oppo Find X to sort of think, hey, this is the phone that I want to be using over the next year, then that is something where I would go online and I would just read out, re- you know, read what I could in terms of review and data yeah. and figure out just how safe is this. Can can somebody, you know, hold my phone up to a, you know a screen where there's a video of me talking on the screen? And and unlock my phone. I'd want to be absolutely sure of that. And you know, I I would imagine they've got that base covered. But I would absolutely well, there's, be, be, there's be checking things, that. There's two things, really, isn't there? There's, the first one is uh, the unlocking thing, so the security on the device. And then the the next part is just that whole concept of um, having a device that is taking a multifaceted picture of you. The potential, and, and I agree with you. I mean, you know, the the um, security and privacy stuff they wrap around this. I'm sure is pretty extensive, right? But the um, the potential for abuse, or you know, the, is, is something that quite fascinates me. That whole area of facial recognition, I find really interesting. You know, just the um, the potential for abuse. There was that story um, six or eight months back um, that someone had come up with an algorithm that could determine someone's sexuality with ninety eight percent accuracy just by facial recognition. Now, whether that's true or not doesn't matter. The fact that someone said that you might be able to do that opens yeah. up incredible cans of worms. You know, so. Um, that machine vision and facial recognition is something that really interests me at the moment, just from a um, privacy and, and, and security perspective. I think there's also and, and the potential abuses, right? You uh, know, this, this, this sort of stuff, you know, goes wrong, gets misused, and and you know, it's pretty regular. We're hearing of varying data breaches and and so on. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think we're yet to see something that I can think of anyway that's sort of you know widespread to. 
to uh, biometric data and you know in, in any great way I you know I imagine there will be databases that have been you know broken into leaked and so on that, that you know that that do have sort of photos of people yeah. or whatnot um, but look you know there's, a, like there's a pretty big chunk of that available publicly through yeah. Facebook and LinkedIn yeah, and, and that's true and, too. And, and and so on right so uh, but yeah you can imagine if someone broke into let's say they got access to uh, you know Google, who have you know, a lot of people who are using their free photo yep. backup service yep. at you know almost full resolution, and then you know those things that uh, that that tag your friends and recognise your friends and and so on. I mean, you you put all of that data together in terms of what Man. you would actually be able to do to it. Is, that auto tag is, is, is actually pretty, pretty pretty scary, yeah, right? You know, that. tie that into uh, basically build a social scoring system behind the scenes, yeah. and uh, you know away you go. And um, you know, look, you know, we've we've heard recently about uh, you know Google maybe you know, being tempted to move back into the the Chinese uh, market in in some form. Um, there are there are varying scales on you know how good or, or or bad you know that could be depending on on you know whose perspectives you're. Well, I see uh, someone looking at from, from Google right? over that, right? They yeah, just yeah. decided that it didn't match what they thought the company values were, so they were out, which was mm. interesting. Mm. The, the interesting thing with that conversation too is that you know in the analog world, there's all sorts of things that that aren't safe either. I, I was in Vietnam a few months ago and. To get a visa to go to Vietnam, you've got to provide some paperwork and two passport photos. So we were at the, um, the whatever you call it, the visa office there at the airport, airside at the airport in Ho Chi Minh City. And um, I had a look in there and they must have had thousands and thousands and thousands of these things stacked up, all with two passport photos on them. If you want to go somewhere and get a fake passport, I reckon Vietnam would be the ideal place to get it. <laughs> if you can give the attributes of the person that you're looking for, they've probably got a photo of them, two of them. So, um, so it's not just the digital world. Right? Yeah, and there's so so much of uh, there's so much scary stuff in those regards. So many things you do where it's like, oh, we just need a copy of your passport. Oh, yeah. just a photocopy of your, you know, this and that. And yeah. oh, yeah, no, just email X Y Z through. How well yeah. are you looking after, you know, <laughs> your paper right. copies, let alone the the, the digital copies? Yeah. Not uh, not not always very good. Right. So, the, cool piece of hardware. That's yeah, it is. It, lo- it looks yep. it looks nice. You know, I don't think this is going to be taking uh, you know any significant uh, you know market share away from the um, the big players. Yeah. Um, all, although, you know, I do quite like it when when some of the smaller players do you know ma- 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 make you know ma- yeah. make some some it's inroads right? because come out with an, yeah, yeah, it's it, you know it is it is good to have competition and. It does seem a little bit like we're we're all a little bit too lazy to try something new yeah, a, a lot too. of the time. Um, the thing that tend you know tends to push people you know to a degree as well. Uh, look, I don't have quite the budget, so you know you could go out and get one of these cheaper than one of the new you know iPhones. Uh, buy and, a and probably cheaper than one of the iPhones. <laughs> well, we'll come to that in a minute. Um, uh, but uh, you know, on the uh, on on the um, you know the flip side, you bought this cheaper phone, but actually you've got something that the iPhone doesn't have, which is yeah. this uh, you know the, this full screen. Now, debatable around whether it'll be more reliable when you've got this mechanical you know, mechanical yeah. uh, you know drive. Cat, yeah drive pushing the, the top of the phone um, you know up up and down for uh, for photos, but. Uh, yeah, look, you know, I can absolutely see why you know why people would go down go down that road, have something unique and something to talk about. And so on. it's actually really cool. Well, actually, I think from the point of view of like you know you're at a party and go take a photo, everyone would be fascinated by that. Yeah, I mean it's, yeah. it is quite cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so look, yeah, we've. Yeah, I mean, all all of this stuff going on, it's good, um, but you know, ultimately, it's the it's the big players who have. Uh, you know the most trust, and then Apple are in this really unique position, where if you're used to their ecosystem and you're used to having an iPhone, and you can't really be bothered with the hassle of of any changes, and of course, you know, in some ways the hassle's getting uh, getting a little bit easier. It is easy to transition probably from one operating system to another these days, and uh, um, you know. Apps like you know certainly in the in the business world things like the um, Microsoft Outlook application yeah. uh, you know it's very popular for email so 
it makes less difference now. You know, if you're spending a lot of time in email and a browser yeah. and 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 uh, you know productivity type apps, you're going to notice less difference actually moving from one operating system to another. But um, you know, in in reality, my uh, well, I don't know. My, yeah, my, most people will probably you know not move around so much brand wise. Oh, I, I agree, and I think one of the reasons behind that's. Um Emotion, right? There's an emotional connection in some way, and that's one of the things that I think Apple's done an incredible job of since probably the day they were incorporated. They they understand that emotional connection, and um, I remember when I was at Microsoft, we used to um, you know talk to customers or talk to people about you know why why the Windows Phone platform was you know better for this reason, feeds and speeds and ones and zeros and logic and all that sort of thing, and and it didn't really matter. You know, people had an incredible emotional connection to the hardware. Um, and as walled gardens go, ecosystem-wise, it's a pretty good-looking walled garden. I'm one of those people. It's kind of like it's probably reasons I could, would, should shift. It's just yeah, it's all a bit of a hassle, really, and laziness factors into it. And yeah, yeah, yep. So um, you know, I guess the, the the big thing that that jumped out, and look, every, every year Apple will, you know, I'm sure for a, a very long time to come announce a new iPhone or, or more than one new iPhone. Now, this year was a little little bit unusual in that they've, you know, they completely killed off last year's uh, yeah. model, the iPhone uh, 10 or, or X as it's written, um, that's gone. So uh, it's a 10 for Apple, but it's an X for Oppo. <laughs> Oppo. That's a good point, actually, yeah. I'm find, confused. Find, find X, find 10, uh, yeah, hmm. Well, it, well, and look, if you read it as it as it says it on the box, it's an i it's an iPhone uh, it's an iPhone X, right? Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, I'm sure the, 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 na- the name the name the names do my head in, quite frankly, and I'm sure there's <laughs> all the good some, names are taken. Um, you know, there's some expert within Apple on why this confusing branding actually is 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 a, a really smart move and <laughs> right. and uh, you know th- anyway there's another talking point or something so we've ended up with um, a a kind of I'll call it a lower end uh, iPhone called the iPhone 10R uh, 6.1 inch screen starts at uh, about $1400 here uh, in New Zealand which, which is um, you know, something of a replacement for last year's yep. iPhone uh, 10, and yeah, this is this is you know the I guess the curious part is this positioning because you've got that, and then you've got the next step up, uh, which is the iPhone uh, 10s, and then the 10s Max, uh, starting prices of 1900 and 2100. and then you can pay, and that gives you the the base models with I think 128. Uh, gigs of storage, uh, but you can go right up to uh, half a terabyte, which is you know, pretty impressive to have in a phone. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Samsung, of course, has done th- something similar and, and then have uh, uh, expansion as well. Um, but this is where, where a lot of the discussion over the last few days I've had has sort of come up with people is, so the top iPhone uh, 10s Max in New Zealand is twenty eight hundred dollars or two seven nine nine? But if including you want the, GST, right? want, want the uh, want the official <laughs> price, um, and that's the number that I think uh, you know has had people sort of recoiling. What what were your thoughts on on it? Because I mean, we we know behind the scenes, Apple have you know these these are really stunning phones, you know, gorgeous screens, yep. nice design, and if you use their ecosystem. Look, these are the these are the these are the best phones that that you can get. Uh, apps, everything works well. You know, a security update, software update comes out. You're going to be able to get it on your device. Lickety split. You don't have to wait three months, six months, or you yep. know, worry about never getting it as yep. long as you've got a reasonably yep. uh, current current phone. Yep. Um, but you were comparing this with a you know price of a MacBook. And yeah, and well, they're things. more expensive than some of the new MacBooks, right? Which is which is interesting. I I don't know. I think um, there will absolutely be people that'll pay twenty eight hundred dollars two seven nine nine for a phone without a doubt. Um, Good strategy and, for Apple. Well, yeah, you know, perish the thought that I would ever question Apple's strategy. You know, they're, <laughs> they're an incredibly successful business that seem to know their customers really well or what they can can do and get away with, or they know how to. Um, tilt the market. You know, it's interesting looking at um, 
market shares shifted quite dramatically over the last few years for phones, but actually profitability is all still falling in Apple's lap, right? They they make more money out of the mobile phone market than, than probably just about everyone else put together. Um, so they're doing something right. They are. Uh, look, I, I tweeted out about this and I said, you know, would you pay $2,800 for, you know, the, the, the new you know, iPhone? You know, and... You know, of course, the people that responded were like, that's ridiculous. And, you know, those, those sort <laughs> of responses, right. I won't, you know, go through and, uh, my find and, 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 and find the, the specifics. But, um, yeah, there was a bit of sort of joking around about, you know, that sort of price, uh, for a, for a phone. Um, but, you know, when you, when you look at it, you know, I think what, what, what they've done, uh, if you put on the shareholder's hat, uh, if you Genius. if you look at um, other areas where people buy premium products, whether it's a you know a high end car or you know what yep. have you, um, I think that you know the signals to me are this is going to work. They've just hit a you know what is it a trillion dollar US market cap. Yep. Um, you know if I was a, a, a gambling a, a gambling person, <laughs> um, and uh, you know I want, wanted a new stock to uh, to throw some money at. Um, I'd I'd be seriously looking at this and and thinking, well, you know, if this works anywhere near, um, you know, how it might, you know, how it might work, then th- that stock price is probably going to keep on moving up for, uh, you know, for for a little while. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be that people are losing interest in iPhone. Yes, no. they might lose a a little bit of market share, and there are you know people in in you know certain markets where the iPhone doesn't have much market share and you know it's not as strong in New Zealand as say it is in Australia or uh, US but the you know I guess I mean look at uh, BMW as an example right they've got a one series uh, and I don't know all the series they've got but they've certainly got a one series a three series a five series and a seven series you know they've worked out it's good to have these different tiers and I know sometimes you know it's similar with Mercedes and and sometimes they're, they're somewhat different classes of vehicles but you come in at those lower ones and it gets you into the brand yeah, yeah. Um, they might not sell as many of the of the you know the more expensive vehicles, but they're still selling them. You don't want to give people a reason to leave the ecosystem, right? Mm. If someone does want that. that I, I don't know. I, it's probably pretty smart, right? But the, the reality is they might, I don't know, percentage-wise of their sales, what would sell of the of the top phone. But I think what they do is they start to band in a feature and price set, and then they can determine from that what next year looks like. I mean, I thought what was really interesting was they basically obsoleted all of last year's phones, right? Now, that's an interesting move. I think that's that might be something that would be um, quite fascinating to delve down into. Well, the iPhone, I think the 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 eight and the eight plus are still in there. Okay, so they they but did the 10, bring those in, but the ten just sort of just disappeared. Well, that, it, it was almost like the, it was always kind of the bastard child, wasn't it? it? Never quite fitted in, and it got a bit of stick, and then it kind of just vanished. And it's you know, I guess they experiment with that. This is all brand new. They are leading the world from the point of view of features and things. I think their biggest challenge is going to be kind of the asymptotic curve of, of features, just how many more features can you cram into the phone that you absolutely desperately need um, and are willing to pay a premium for? You know, I, I Well, think I, I think there, there's an element to that doesn't matter, right? Because there's there's a group of people that will just buy oh, the latest phone. Yeah, and yeah. when they were, you know, when they're talking about it features-wise this year, they've doubled speeds and this and that, and they've done all these, you know, other things, and the wireless charging is, you know, a bit better, all those sort of incremental things. If you're willing to sit through, you know, the, the press announcements for an hour and so on, <laughs> God the, no. you know, they... <laughs> They they have enough information there. If you're already a, you know a, a um, uh, you know a fan of the brand and so on, then you know look there's 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 enough people that will want to jump on board with the yeah. new phone. Personally, I'm looking forward to trying out the new you know the the new phones this week and yeah. uh, you know getting a feel and well how's it like compared to uh, yeah. uh, this year's one. Um, Look, you know, and I'm in the unusual position that I don't have to go out and 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 buy all the phones from all the vendors because they're you know they're firing um, you know them in in my direction. Um, but you know, I can I can totally understand somebody wanting to get the new one that comes out every year and to have you know those those best capabilities. Right? I think for a lot of people, for me, I look at it and it's kind of like if there's something that really captures me features wise, I'd upgrade. Um, otherwise, you know, barring accidentally dropping phones into 
toilets and other things, <laughs> I'll probably just keep the phone for a while, you know. And yeah. I tend to probably squeeze about three years out of a phone on average. Um, but I know people that religiously upgrade every yeah. year and something. And well, well, that's the other side of it, right? For and, if yeah. you if you were getting a few years out of it, then yeah, you you do the maths on a twenty eight hundred dollar phone. If you say, well. Let's, let's get the new one. Three yep. years. That's yep. um, in my rough maths. I'll say it's, a, I'll, I'll say it's a about a, a thousand, a thousand, a thousand days. Yep. So you divide that. It's it costs you, you know, half the price of a latte. Um, you know, or yeah, yeah two, two, or three two, bucks, yeah. two, two or three dollars a, a day to have that. And um, you know, in the in the scheme of it. Um, there, there's plenty of the people. Latte there's, and the there's, avocado there's, on toast. Yeah, that's right. There's plenty of people in the market. That, that can fit that yeah, into yeah. their budget without too much drama. Yeah. And and then you think about it, well, how much does your phone get used compared to your car, compared to a whole yeah. lot of other stuff? You know, that's one of the few things that um, most people have got um, a fair bit of use out Actually, of over, over that time. Some people, you know, certainly within their personal lives, would use it more than a laptop that's and a really other devices. Point. That's well. a really good point. Like, um, I've got an iPhone 8 and um, um, what do you call the big ones? iPhone 8. Plus, plus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, they, they've just decided to flip out, that by putting Max the into the mix. Right. Max yeah, yeah, plus, yeah, 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 uh, it's yeah. all very complicated. Yeah, um, and it amazes me how much work I can get done on a on a phone with a decent sized screen, right? Yeah, or, or web surfing work, web surfing. You know, that's right. Um, you don't need to get a laptop to send no, emails or an iPad and or something like, you know, so, anymore. No, so it's interesting. Just. Um, that was quite a um, revelation for me. Just how much you could do with a decent chunk of glass. Um, so, so I do get that. You know, it's a it's a business tool, all that, all that sort of thing. So, um, there's a couple of things features wise that intrigue me, and, and maybe these were in the previous models. I don't know, but you can now throw some of these phones in the water of up to two meters water for up to. Thirty minutes. Yeah, so that, that that's the next sort of level of waterproofing that's, than what they they had last cool. year. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know what happens at minute thirty one. I have blown up some phones from more than one manufacturers. Well, blown up's probably not the right word, but I've damaged phones. Inundated. So, so still be a little bit cautious with that. What we don't know is whether as how their warranty has changed because in the past, although they had um, the IP67 rating, yep. which meant not you know not not as deep, but I think still sort of half an hour under was it half a meter or a meter of water. Um, you know, apparently they wouldn't necessarily still cover that under under warranty oh, for, okay. for water ingress. So you know, if you are going to be you know taking it to the beach this summer and and you don't have an appropriate insurance and so I'll maybe check on that. I I'll, I might um, actually ask them around that particular That's good point. Uh, point because. You know, I'm really relaxed about it because I've got these phones to review, uh, and and you know, since the very first, uh, you know, it was Sony that started this uh, trend yep. of you know launching them. I've uh, I've taken a lot of phones to the beach, into the ocean, um, you know, smartwatches and things like that. And um, you know, other than this one particular uh, trip to Rarotonga where I you know blew up the top phone from both uh, both the top vendors. Um, I had a, had a pretty good uh, a pretty good run, so I'm, I'm now a little bit more cautious. So, if you've spent your twenty eight hundred dollars um, and you're not planning to spend it again for three years, you probably just you know want to be um, yeah checking Careful. the rules in those regards. If I spent twenty eight hundred dollars on a phone and I went to the beach, I'd take an armed guard with me just to <laughs> just to keep it safe. Well, <laughs> uh, that's, that's another point. You know, carrying around a twenty eight hundred dollar phone and yeah. and you know some places because this is the thing that you take with you just about everywhere. Um, you know, like having a couple of grand worth of cash yeah. yep. in your pocket, right? So um, you will actually need to be, um, yeah, Mind cautious. You, these days, how easy, if someone steals a phone, how easy is it or difficult is it to actually crack into them these days? I mean, I used to give Apple a lot of stick a few years ago that, like, if you had a wet piece of string and, you know, half a brain cell, <laughs> you could probably crack a phone. Whereas now, as far as I can tell, it's pretty darn hard. I yeah I'm I think, sure it's I, think I, th- I think it's it's a whole lot harder and yeah do, do you do you want to get you know uh, stories that you know 
people used to get beaten up for their for their uh, uh, Nikes or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, carrying around fines that are worth uh, a, a lot more than a nice pair of shoes yeah. these days. So there, there there is an aspect of that as it, if these prices keep going up and and look, you know, Virtu have been around, and I, yeah. I don't know where they are as a phone brand these days, but <laughs> was, uh, I think they, they were they were, they were, they were sort of yeah, an, yeah, an offshoot of uh, Nokia and Nokia yeah, at right. one stage. Um, you Nokia. know, and, and and they were they were uh, you know they they would next level you know above this. Yeah. Um, look, yeah, if we we see more of that, and people are carrying around five ten thousand dollar phones. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we we're going to be encouraging some crime in some yeah, places. You're I'm probably sure. right. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, someone sees you waving that around, and uh, you know you you're in the wrong place. Someone's going to bump it out of your yeah. hand, and um, yeah. And I guess the whole security thing doesn't matter because I'll just stand over you with a gun and make you change the password. <laughs> Change the i the iTunes account and all the other things, and then give you the phone. So. Had, I hadn't thought of that, Brett. There you go. But, there you go. That's uh, all you yeah, need. yeah. Well, once a the gun price and get, half an hour. Once the price gets high enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. So look, I mean, with the with the price thing, I, you know, I can see some people sort of being you know outraged about it. But it, look, if How they come up with the another model pricing last time. Um, Oh, maybe it was twenty one twenty one hundred something like that. Broken through the two yeah. K barrier, so it's a big jump. Um, the New Zealand price, after doing the exchange rate, adding on GST conversion, looks about ten percent higher than the US. Yeah. So I don't know why that is. Our uh, our dollar is uh, seems to, I won't call it free fall, but our dollar has been dropping at a you know at a not a consistent curve, but I can, and the predictions are that we will be you know a chunk weaker within yep. sort of the next the, uh, certainly the life of this phone, which yep. is you know it's usually twelve months. They don't usually play with the pricing during that time, so you know maybe they 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 look at where they predict the uh, exchange rates to to be. Um, Australia compared to US very sim- very similar uh, when you do the exchange yeah. rate conversion. So I've, just, I've been it's in a little bit unusual in the dim dark past, sitting in a working for a big multinational, looking at um, pricing for product that was available worldwide, and it's an absolute nightmare because you've got to you know do the finger in the ear thing for what you think the exchange rate is going to look like. It's all very well if it's consistent, but if it's going up or going down, you run into problems. You've got um, that whole thing around you know. 2799 might be okay, but 2999 is probably too much or whatever it might be, that price elasticity thing. Um, and one of the things we found when I was at Microsoft is that the minute you signal anything to the market around price changes, you know, licensing prices for corporates and things like that, um, all sorts of interesting behaviour happens. You get people that will, you know, if prices are going to go up, they'll buy everything for the next year ahead of time. Um, which is wonderful for this financial year, but terrible for next. Yes. Or if you know the reverse is going to happen, the reverse happens, and um, so it's it's one of those things. It's fraught. There's always, and particularly when you've got um, changing exchange rates, that's difficult. I mean, if, you, if what you're talking about now is a ten percent differential, that's probably enough margin for people to parallel import. Yeah, yeah, it would encourage a little bit of that. And we've got a New Zealand parallel imported. And I, I walked into one of their stores and had a chat. Um, I was at Sylvia Park over the weekend and walked past one of these stores and hadn't been into one of them for a you I know, didn't even know a, they're still around a very long yeah. time. Wow. And uh, apparently they've got you know three three stores remaining now. Um, they had a you know they actually had a really good selection of of phones. The uh, one of the the chaps there said, "Oh, we've you know we've got the best selection of anyone in the country, PB etc." Uh, you know there there was certainly a you know quite a quite a good mix. You know Google Pixels and things like that. They have one solitary uh, iPhone because yeah, it's actually reasonably hard to make any margin. I think on yep. uh, uh, on on the iPhones, but yeah, the more the more variants we get there, the more that sort of thing would be uh, be encouraged. I did a little bit of research online around uh, price comparisons in the past. And I think this was from uh, not you know not from right now with all the new prices. It might have been from. Uh, the, the last iPhone cycle. And it was a comparison of iPhone prices across different markets around the world, and the biggest, and they're all converted back to US dollars. So yep. it was sort of you yep. know, so well, how much variance is there? And uh, one of the countries was as much as thirty yep. percent off the uh, the US price. Now they might not have done the sort of normalisation, you know, that I did around tax and so on, because the US prices are always listed 
without tax and then you yep. add it on according to what state you're in, whether you know, you're in a state where there's no sales tax or you're in a state where it's about, you know, ten percent sort of thing. Usually somewhere America's in that range, shambles. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah, so because I, I was kind of curious. So that you know, are they are they doing some sort of uh you know, u- using New Zealand as a bit of a test bed to see, oh, how much you know, how much higher can we hike the price and you know, does it really make much of a difference? Well we try it in a small market like yeah. New Zealand, well who cares anyway? Um but but you know the ten percent variance, I don't think is a, is enough to, uh, no. to, to to say it would be in a, anything like that. But hey, maybe next year around they'll they'll make a fifty percent more in New Zealand just, just to see how the market responds. <laughs> the um, that whole thing around um, differential um, pricing is quite tricky um, with with anything, but particularly hardware, um, because the minute you want to ship a phone that's identical to a phone that might ship in New Zealand off to a country that might, let's say, to, I don't know, pick a tiny nation that doesn't have particularly high GDP, um, you're not going to be selling them for $2,800 a pop. So, And, of course, there's a huge margin there for Apple, so they do have the, the fat in it to, to discount. But the minute that you do that, of course, our parallel importation laws mean that they'll start turning up on our doorstep, which means then hardware manufacturers have to get into variances in hardware um, specifications in order to kind of lock them into certain geography. It, it's a really interesting science and art combined. That whole thing, you know. Yeah, and and look, you know, the way I see it with um, with the the announcements of last week is their their iPhone ten R is kind of the iPhone ten replacement for. 2018, and the yep. uh, the 10s is basically a new, really high end series. That's the way I sort of, um, you know, I look at it. So people are, you know, freaking out around the pricing. I would imagine um, the 10R is probably the the phone. Uh, well, actually, this would be really hard to predict. I was going to say probably the phone that would sell that you would expect to sell the most of. Yep. Um, although I, I, I saw um, a little email from the, the public relations sort of team associated with uh, Huawei and, and they were saying, is, 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 uh, is $1,400 now the, uh, the price? Of the, 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 is that what it costs for a mid-range phone? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, of course, they, they've got their, uh, was it Nova 3i, uh, 3i, 3e, I think it is, uh, their one of those two, uh, their their sort of mid range phone, which is actually a pretty impressive yep. phone for you know four hundred and, and, and ninety nine dollars. Yep. So look, there's um, you know, I think everyone is, is is covered with an option wants a smartphone today that you know should be somewhat affordable for yep. them, and if you want something that's uh, that's really premium, then. Uh, You've got plenty of plenty of choices, you know, whichever ecosystem you're in. If you want to, uh, you know, if you're you're someone that wants to be using an iPhone, you know, Apple are keeping those older phones in the market at the at the yeah. at the lower prices. So um, yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting. I personally don't think Apple's market share is going to go anywhere other than down. Uh, you know, I think it will it will be on that sort of slow, yeah. gradual movement down. Uh, I think yeah, the profitability the, the, still but, stays, but their, their breed, profitability yeah. uh, will be will be fine. And yeah, look, there'll be some people that'll that'll just you know be yeah fairly displeased with this approach, and it'll be another reason to yeah. you know to abandon the brand. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and that's fine. But yeah, I think the shareholders are probably in a, in a reasonable sure yeah, pos- position for uh, uh, for the next year ahead. The two things that. Um, just popped into my head. One was, I admire anyone in marketing who can manage to tack the letters XS after the most expensive phone. I think that's <laughs> well done, well played. Slow hand clap. Um, and the other thing was, isn't one of the models or aren't a couple of the models dual SIM? Oh or yes, ESIM, yeah. No, this this is this is, is quite a game changer. Yeah, for so reasons th- I don't understand at all. Yeah, th- no, this is this is really interesting. And um, look, I'm looking forward to having a having a you know play around with these phones later on in the uh, in in the week. But the 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 bit that was um, you know I I wondered when I saw this sort of leak about them being uh, dual sim, and I thought, well, basically telcos in New Zealand, lots of other countries around the world, 
will never sell the dual SIM sort of phones because it encourages, you know, people to yep. use a mix of networks. And, you know, the, certainly the biggest um, telcos are, are, are not at all, you know, keen on uh, on, that, on, on that, <laughs> sort, that sort of approach. Yeah, even though actually it's, it's encouraging, you know, uh, arguably it encourages people to have, you know, a connection, you know, multiple connections. But yep. I guess the biggest telcos want you to have all your business with them and, and, and that's it. Um, so I was, yeah, I was kind of curious, but I, but it, you know, Apple have been very, very successful in, um, you know, not being held back by telcos. Put it, you know, put no, it that I, way. I right? think they, they, they have played that game so absolutely cleverly. You know, the 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 one that the, the um, feature that always intrigued me was when they went to the whole iMessage thing, right? Which hmm. remember the days we paid seventeen cents or, geez, I think even yeah. fifty cents at the beginning for a text message. And and they just you know wheedled their way in in between the telco and the handset mm. and um, they're clever man I mean that's a very very clever company that's playing a, a very long game mm. with more money in the bank than any other company on the planet I suspect um, you know they they are um, they hold all the power mm. Right? Mm. that's it's, it didn't it's, used to be that way it's it, now it's incredible well when Samsung um, you know were kind enough to 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 give me the the newest um, uh, what are we note nine uh now you know here to launch uh to use and and look you know amazing phone and you know a whole whole lot of different uh you know from a lot of different perspectives it's really you know it's a really nice phone and um one of the things was hey this is uh, this is dual sim i thought ah this this is cool and then i you know thought about it a bit more i thought Actually, it's probably not releasing in New Zealand as a dual sim. It's because I've got the kind of you know one of the early yep. uh, you know samples, and they will actually modify that for launch in New Zealand market. So yep. you know, I messaged them. I said, "Are you launching this dual sim in New Zealand?" Oh no, no, we're not. You know, we're not launching that that, that here, Paul. <laughs> um, but I thought through. Well, if Apple goes dual sim, then you know they. Will will not uh, you know care too much because they're just too valuable to the telcos. People want a, yeah, uh, an iPhone. They will they will buy it. They yep. will you know they'll buy an iPhone. Apple's not going to be sort of pushed around on that front. Now the approach that they've taken is interesting. As you've got a you know your standard size uh, uh, nano uh, yep. SIM uh, slot. And then you've got an eSIM, which is a, a virtual or yep. embedded uh, embedded SIM card. Uh, now I haven't seen anything around uh, any New Zealand support for this, but I think uh, well, Vodafone was was listed in their in their announcement as uh, uh, a partner on um, you know I think su- supporting uh, the eSIM. Yep. The uh, Apple Watch, um, and we've now the Series Four that they've, they've just announced, and we'll talk about that on another show once I've had a bit of a uh, had a bit of a play with it. Um, is not launching here in New Zealand. The one with the embedded uh, eSIM. Oh, okay. So they're not. Yeah. Well, it's it's not in the initial uh, launch cycle. Um, my understanding was that Spark have done some support for for eSIM. Uh, maybe around some of the Samsung, um, the Samsung okay. um, yep. smartwatches. So that's that's an area I'll uh, I'll try and fill some gaps in maybe for uh, for next week's show. But at this stage, my understanding is is technically it's a it's a sort of a dual sim. Well, it's a dual sim phone, but not a you know physical yep. sim. Yep. And I'm not sure whether you're going to be able to use that eSIM capability in in New Zealand. It's quite interesting, um, just- at least initially. But I think. Over time, I mean, why wouldn't all telcos yeah, sort of exactly. support that? Yeah, there's some software things and so on that they've that they they'll have to uh, you know address basically. But uh, I, I imagine ultimately all all mobile networks will uh, will be supporting eSIM um, at some point in time. I guess I'm just hoping that it's at the you know sooner rather than rather than later because there's some quite nice benefits of it. Right? Yeah, it's just interesting to what if you go back. Oh geez, I don't know five years, certainly ten. You look at the the power that the telcos wielded versus the power that the handset manufacturers wield now, and it's completely shifted, right? And, mm, and the, mm. there's there's this, um, I guess, ongoing deprecation of the visibility and value of the telco um, in, in the equation. Of course, they're struggling to maintain that value, that relevance, um, whilst particularly Apple and you know are, are out there doing their best to ride roughshod over it, but still be a really good partner. You know, which is a, it's a dance that's played mm, out over a decade, mm, I guess. Mm. You know, um, 
It's interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, a few other things wanted to wanted to chat through. Um, one that I'll talk about very quickly. Chorus have have um, yeah, put out a little bit of an announcement around uh, ten gigabit uh, fiber for for business. Um, and look, they told us you know it wasn't that long ago that they were trialing this. Now they're saying it's going to be out in the market next year. We don't really know what you know what this is going to you know cost to, for for businesses to uh, tap into and so on. But you know, no doubt we'll hear a bit more info on that down the track. It was a reasonably predictable thing that was going to happen. The the announcements a little bit. Well, it's basically you know light on the on the detail, and it doesn't you know it's sort of like yeah we launch we you know we're launching this, but well you're not launching it right now, so it's just you know it's an announcement without a formal formal date, but you know it's good good to know that's coming. And look, we're in a pretty good you know position from that connectivity perspective. Um, I don't know in, I, in, in I, a lot of places, but then there are there are there are uh, lots of people that are uh, 20, that always tell me their stories fiber. about that they're never going to get it oh, and no. and so on. So we're we're are you getting it in 2021? Tapuna, which is just outside Tauranga. Okay. So um, I think the current, where we are in Tapuna is, um, I'm pretty sure it's 2021, maybe it's 2022. So I've, over the last month or two, started dabbling into, what if I set up a wireless link? We've got yeah. um, really good line of sight down to State Highway 2, where, where there is fibre right now. Mm. Mm. Um, and, and I thought um, that stuff was really expensive and complicated, and it turns out you can go into PB Tech and buy a bit of ubiquity kit for probably you know twelve hundred bucks and change or something, and and have a chat with a friendly shop owner down the road who'd be willing to maybe you know share a, a fibre connection or something, and voila. So um, Absolutely. haven't got around to it yet, but Absolutely. man, I was amazed at how yeah yeah um, simple that you know ubiquity and who's the other big. Um, Wireless manufacturer, I can't remember, but you know, it's just commodity kit. Mm, mm, mm. Absolutely. Well, Ubiquity are quite an interesting one. Um, they, they came up on some, you know, stock thing I was I was looking at, you know, recently. And, you know, I'd always sort of them as, you know, this reasonably sort of small company and, you know, their, their turnovers and the, you know, well, I think it's sort of in the hundred, somewhere in the hundreds of millions. Um, but there are, seem to be a lot of people betting on, on them. Dominating in the years yeah. to come because yeah. their, their market cap is, I mean, it's way up into the billions. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, you know, and I guess we've seen this with a lot of other, you know, a lot of other tech companies. I looked back on when Google was at, you know, hundred dollars a share. They're now what, you know, eleven, twelve hundred dollars a share, and I was scratching my head at how, you know, how could they be worth a, you know, hundred dollars a share? That's why we're not billionaires. So, know. <laughs> um, well, Ubiquity's there at the moment, so um, yep. you know that that could be one worth investing in, and maybe they'll Buy they'll Ubiquity. eventually be a a um, um, hundred billion dollar company. Um, not, I'm not so sure, um, but anyway, that that but you know they 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 have carved out a very nice uh, you know position for themselves yeah. so yeah um ola ola probably ola, ola. um yep. an uber competitor is uh, is going to be launching in new zealand they're already talking i think auckland wellington christchurch coming into the market um and basically aiming to sort of undercut everyone on the the commission that they take off the, the way off the drivers that was really good right we're not going to be cheaper than uber for you, the passenger, but we'll pay the drivers more. It was quite clear, like this, yeah, you know, nice yeah. piece of um, press release writing. Yep. Um, and look, we, you know, we've got Zoomy here, and you know, in some They're places, great. and there've been yeah. other other services, are, are, I think, in other you know, out, um, yeah, different locations. But the Zoomy have uh, you know have been. Uh, you know, doing doing a, a pretty good job from what I can tell around Auckland. They invited me to try the service very early on, and it was I've used it, it was it was a bit disappointing. But it seems like now they're they're in a good yep. place. They take less of a cut than um, than Uber. I guess the a bit that nice. worries me around um, uh, these sort of uh, competitors taking a smaller slice is well, Uber seems uh, you know apparently struggles financially, so. <laughs> Um, you know how much funding have 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 these other players, you know, got to have if if their main thing is is just uh, saying we'll you know we'll take less of a cut. You know, I think there are a lot of people who say, well, you know, we we will uh, we would you know support uh, you know anyone other than Uber or anyone that treats the drivers better than Uber and and, yep. and so on. Um, 
but yeah, I, that, that's a bit I worry about. Is just you know they're 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 yeah. Let's hope they've got enough funding to to do it and to do it well. Uh, because if you know if, if they can't, then you throw a whole lot of money into into the New Zealand yeah. market. You do it poorly, you're probably not going to be around too long. I think I think the dollars are in there somewhere. You know, if you think about what we used to pay for traditional, or still pay, you know, in some cases to, hmm. for traditional taxi fares versus what we pay for the average Uber fare. There's a substantial, you know, hmm. margin in there. Um, the Uber's interesting just just for whatever it's worth, and I'm not sure if um, Ola do this or even if Zumi do this, but uh, my employer has recently um, we use the corporate yes. um, Uber thing. It's good. Mm. I, I've always, I've you know had um, for years now issues around Uber from a. I think some of their corporate culture is pretty toxic, and mm, maybe not mm. the you know, certainly their former CEO is not one of the nicest human beings <laughs> on the planet. Um, but I'll tell you what, from a usability perspective, to have an app that you can just switch to the work account, oh, take yeah. a ride, switch yeah. back um, is quite. I was in it's, Sydney a few weeks back and just it? you know jump in mm. the Uber, off you go. Mm. Um, if nothing else, from the point of view of customer experience and usability, I think that inter competition thing, you know. Providing the best experience on the on the phone is is a really good thing mm. for everyone. Hopefully and and, at least and one they of them charge ten percent more if you're on a, a formal uh, Uber business account. Oh, do it's not just that you've got. Oh, okay. You know, if you good. load two different credit cards, you yeah. can do that. But if you go into a sort of a hey, it gets billed back to the company, yeah. guess, um, then yeah. then they take the extra ten percent. And I'm I'm guessing that the driver probably doesn't get a. I suspect um, right. <laughs> maybe any any of that. Uh, but anyway, so uh, look, you know, I thought that it was worth uh, worth worth mentioning. Yeah. Um, um, the the other thing before we wrap up is some um, HP and 3D printing. Now yeah. you know HP have been uh, you know, held an incredible position uh, with their printers for you know de- decades now, right? And like several decades. Um, but there haven't been a name with the 3D printing that you've you know tended to tended to see. Um, and it was interesting. I spent a bit of time with them recently, sort of talking about their foray into printing. And they did a, a partnership a number of years ago with, and I can't remember the name of the company, some company that was, you know, making uh, uh, making three D printers to get a bit of a feel for feel for the market. And I think they maybe you know rebadged somebody yeah. else's printers and sold them um, somewhere in the world. Uh, but they they've got into this um, well again a couple of a couple of fields, but. Um, a, a form of 3D printing, and you've got one of their uh, 3D prints on your keyring that you uh, uh, that you showed me. And uh, look, you know, this is a sort of a single color um, nylon. Nylon. Um, oh, I think that might be a slightly different material. That one. Okay. Well, I can't remember. They've got you know different a whole lot of different materials that they can use. Um, they're working with a bunch of different partners. So that was the thing that interested me when I talked to them a while back. That. Mm. Um, because of course the joke I made was I'm sure the printers will be cheap, but the, but the um, you know the ink or whatever the yeah. media will be horribly expensive, and they already the, had the, the pre- voxels as they call that, them the voxels, the, the, right. the 3D pixels. Um, but in fact, they're having a licensing model where so there were a couple of things that really blew me away. One was you could use different, I think maybe it's media in the um, or consumables in the printers, so you could switch from nylon to something else and keep the same printer, which I thought was really interesting. Um, but they had a they were working on a licensing model where um, if you had something you thought might be handy to print in, I don't know, you know, um, come up with something. Well, they, they they told me that one of um, one of the the firms that has invested in their. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, something like a development kit basically so that they can uh, research this stuff, uh, is Scion here Correct. in New Dan Zealand. R- R- Scion, who Correct. my father used to uh, work for them. We used to live on yeah. their uh, their property when they were known as the Forestry Research Institute. And so, you know, they're looking at it from a sort of a plant-based perspective. Thing. I think that's right? really interesting. Um, now, I don't, I don't know whether you know whether we'll whether we'll see them come you know come out with something. It sounded like that. You know, there's lots of uh, you know lots of people they're they're working with. Yeah. But you know, there's um, Th- this is transformative, some right? Fascinating, so- um, you know, opportunities for for where 3D printing may well land oh. and. Um, you know, I mean, trying to get your head around what the possibilities are, and you know, I know the last few years we've, you know, I guess lost a bit of confidence in, in the initial ideas of three D printing because they were really hyped up that oh, you need a part for your car, you'll just be able to solution print one looking out for a problem right? as part yeah. of the challenge, right? But you look at what you know, Boeing are looking at. Is it twenty five percent of um, 
the seven eight seven one one of their aircraft they they want to be um, replacement parts to be printable. Mm. Um, you know these um, machines from HP can print in um, different different media, which is quite incredible. They can do um, small and medium. Uh, manufacturing runs in a, a more economic way than than doing you know injector molding is because getting the molds is pretty expensive. Um, and one of the things that really blew me away is the ability to mix the the media. So you know, um, talking going back to voxels, you know, having mm-hmm. aluminium things joined to rubber things, joined to plastic things, joined to something else, all at the time of printing is is incredible. You know, what what does that mean for flexible things mm-hmm. that you simply mm-hmm. can't manufacture any other way? Um, so, uh, look, if, if there's anyone that can probably nail this in the printing market, I suspect it's those guys. They've been doing the print thing for quite a while. Um, and one of the numbers that they, they shared with me was around, um, you know, how how much, you know, how big the 3D printing market is and, you know, it's X billion dollars globally. Said, oh, we're, not, we're not looking at that. We're looking at how much money is spent in manufacturing yes, around the yeah, world. Yeah. And so we're we looking at yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, and as we're looking at, you know, how much, you know, what percentage of that can, can, can we carve out for, uh, you know, for this, this yeah. technology? And that's, that seems to be really what their, what their focus is, is producing machines that can, you know, Make metal stuff. Yep. Um, they're, you know, I think they're they're, they're um, about to launch, uh, or they've or they've already launched outside of New Zealand um, a three D printer that will be full color to the extent that any pixel or voxel, as they 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 call it, these three D pixels could be any color. So yeah. you know, you could print something that uh, you know y- you want to have a say a hidden serial number on this thing. Well. Um, you know, if someone tried to, well, let's say your, your serial number is visible. Someone tries to, uh, uh, you know, file it off as you might do on a, you know, a engine or something yep. today. That that actually could be, you know, printed right through the, yeah, the depth exactly. of it. Or, yep. or you could have, you know, a, a um, I don't know, let's say it's a globe that's uh, that's that's got a, you know, basically a, a photographic you know, image of the world uh, printed onto it at, yeah. at any size and personalised and this and that, you know, yeah. um, all, all sorts of, uh, you know, p- potential. And, yeah, certainly it seems they're, they're moving into a space where we haven't seen 3D printing in the past. So uh, it, it seemed, you know, it seemed pretty exciting to me. Yeah, I, I was saying, like, I looked at it and it was um – there was a whole bunch of wow moments in it just from the point of view of, you know, again, you know, that whole thing was focused around not micro-manufacturing but taking a chunk of the manufacturing market, the multi-colour, multi-medium or media or whatever it might be. Um, and, and, again, these guys have an incredible pedigree when it comes to the printing space. You know, they know how mm. to do this stuff. So if anyone's going to nail it, I suspect it's them. Um, and at the moment, there's a, you know, if you look at the number of 3D printer manufacturers out there, there's a lot. Of them, not maybe not so many in this space, but hmm. I'm sure a whole bunch of them will go by the wayside. 3D eventually. print your house, 3D print yeah. your laptop, 3D print some new glasses. Yeah. Oh yeah, new soles for my shoes. Uh, oh, I've got the new iPhone. Oh, no one's got any cases in stock yet. Ah, oh, well, 3D yeah, yeah. print one of those, or your new Samsung, or Huawei, whatever it is. Um, oh, I like the look of those. Um, um, I don't know dinner, dinnerware, but no one's selling that sort of style in New Zealand. Oh, I'll print some out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, the, the the potential of where we where we end up with this stuff is now starting to become a little bit realer. And and I know some of those examples might not be you know quite so real, but it, it did seem we were in a sort of a bit of a almost a bit of a holding pattern where we you know we hadn't seen too much happening. And of course, reality is these machines are at this stage in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, hundreds of thousands. Uh, so you know it's probably going to be a little while before. Yeah, you just happen to have one that you've bought for thirty dollars at, yeah, uh, off uh, trade yeah, <laughs> the, we- the warehouse that can print, you know, full color, you know, big, big, you know, three D print a bicycle or something. But yeah. um, no, that's what it'll be. It'll be a thirty dollar printer, but a hundred thousand dollar, you know, consumables <laughs> thing at PB Tech kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. there's something else just popped into my head then around three D printing. What was it? Darn, I can't remember. But it's a, it is a really interesting space. It's just racing ahead, you know, and. Um, it's one of those things where there's going to be. Oh, um, when I was at Callahan Innovation, we um, we talked to some people out there that are doing some quite interesting stuff around 3D printing. Like, there's a guy, a company down in Tauranga, that are using standard, you know, kind of 3D printers, lots of them in a garage to do small manufacturing runs mm. for stuff that people would normally send off to do injection molding. So yeah, they can I've heard of that. Turn happening. things around faster. Yep. Um, Price wise, I think a little bit more, but not so much more that 
people would go with injection moulding. So already there's people commercialising this quite well. And the other organisation I spoke to years and years ago about this was um, Weta. They were looking at printing figurines and other oh, things, personalising yeah, figurines. Brilliant. You have some bit of software to create a, which back then, seven or eight or ten or whatever years ago, was like wow stuff, whereas now you could probably print that stuff at home. But, yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, the the thing that immediately stood out to me when I looked at some of these um, prints off, and as I say, it's a few hundred thousand, probably US dollars, uh, at least a quarter of a million for the the printer yeah. that your you know your key ring was printed off, um, was just how strong and robust and the level of detail you know off that printer can you know compared to most of what we did they show you the cube see. that was um, the one that really blew me away because they the, showed me a chain which, oh, okay. which you know yeah, which is already all the links work and and it was really strong I tried to bust yeah, it I no, couldn't I and and then they showed me a uh, uh, a photo where they you know tried this thing out to pick up a car. And one of the link, one of the, the links was off the printer. I was yeah. like, "Oh, that you know that, that's uh, that's pretty slick." Reminds me of the super glue ad from uh, yeah, a few decades <laughs> the ago. Elephant the elephant. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it, yeah, I think we saw exactly the same pitch. But the um, I mean, the, the really super strong materials, right? Mm. You know, mm. today you can print in those things. You yeah. know, I was yeah. I was really impressed. I tried to break all of their things, but the one that really impressed me, they had a cube, a solid cube. And normally, what gives away three D printing is the Z axis. You know, the height is is quite oh, grainy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, you could not with this cube tell which was the Z axis. Right. So yeah. you know, even um, amazing materials, but actually the the um, resolution of the mm, printer was mm. much better than anything I'd seen before. Yeah. Well, hopefully they send over a, a, a demo model. Where, yeah, you'll you need know, to we can we can have, have, have a studio. With, yeah. and, you know, I don't know what they, what do you do? Just plug them in the wall in a USB cable? I don't know how these things work. Like, I think they're reasonably sizable at the yeah, moment. They turn up in a container, but all they need's you know power and a USB, and you could a bit so. of water cooling and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. or oh, venting. They need venting. Cool. Well, it's been uh, it's been great to hang out and uh, and chat again, Thanks, Brett. Man. I hope we it's can uh, we can do it again in the not too uh, distant future. I'm keen if you um, are. It's always always good. So yeah, thank thank you very much. Thank you for having um, me. Where do people check check you out online? You're uh, you you still seem to hang out on Twitter a bit. Yeah, Twitter. Um, I'm at Brett Roberts because because um, that's my name. I thought that was a really good handle to have for Twitter. Um, so yeah, at Brett Roberts. Um, that's me. Excellent, and yeah, people can find me in a similar similar manner. I'm not too obscure; just uh, just my name on uh, uh, just Paul Spain on Twitter or Facebook or uh, or LinkedIn. So uh, there you go. Well, excellent. Well, thanks everybody for uh, for joining us this week. We'll be back again uh, in another week with another show. Until then, um, have a good week. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.